Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of microbiology of osteomyelitis and arthritis, found under the microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with pain in his knee, elbow, and wrist, and reports objective fever. He is sexually active with two partners and uses condoms inconsistently. On physical exam, there is tenderness of the tendon sheath upon palpation and a warm, mildly swollen joint with asymmetric involvement of the knee, wrist, and elbow. This is a case of gonococcal arthritis. Let's continue with an introduction to microbiology of osteomyelitis and arthritis. Osteomyelitis is defined as infection of the bone and marrow. Septic arthritis is defined as infection of the joint. In terms of the pathoanatomy, osteomyelitis may involve hematogenous spread. This is more common in children. It occurs in the metaphysis and is usually monomicrobial. It can involve contiguous spread from adjacent infection. This can be polymicrobial or monomicrobial. And it can involve direct microorganism inoculation. This can be due to surgery or trauma. Septic arthritis may involve hematogenous spread most commonly or due to direct microorganism inoculation, such as in the setting of trauma and iatrogenically, such as during surgery or arthrocentesis. Now let's discuss select microbes causing osteomyelitis in more detail. Staphylococcus aureus is the most common overall. It may have vertebral involvement, may be due to intravenous drug use, and another common cause includes coagulase-negative staphylococci. Salmonella enteritidis is commonly seen in sickle cell anemia. Pseudomonas aeruginosa is often seen in trauma, such as during puncture wounds to the foot or in diabetics and intravenous drug users. Neisseria gonorrhea is often seen as a sexually transmitted infection that can lead to osteomyelitis, although septic arthritis is more common. Staphylococcus epidermidis is seen in the setting of prosthesis. Mycobacterium tuberculosis can be seen in the setting of vertebral osteomyelitis, such as in POTS disease, also known as tuberculous spondylitis. Pasteurella can be due to animal bites or scratches. And group B streptococcus is seen in infants younger than three months. Now let's discuss the microbes causing infectious arthritis in more detail. Staphylococcus aureus is the most common. Remember that arthritis can be mono or polyarticular, and it can be accompanied with cellulitis, abscess, intravenous drug use, osteomyelitis, or endocarditis. Streptococci and other gram-positive organisms are the second most common cause. Pseudomonas aeruginosa can be seen in intravenous drug users. And Neisseria gonorrhea is seen in sexually active young adults, and it presents with polyarticular arthritis, and is commonly seen as a disseminated gonococcal infection. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to microbiology of osteomyelitis and arthritis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 24-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with a two-week history of a foot ulcer. She says that she punctured her foot with a rusty nail while she was playing tennis and that the puncture wound has since progressed to a non-healing ulcer. Over the last two days, she has also been experiencing a fever and drainage from the wound. On presentation, she is found to have a slightly fruity-smelling red ulcer with purulent drainage. Probing the ulcer goes all the way down to bone. 
which of the following characteristics is true of the most likely cause of this patient's symptoms? And the answer choices are, choice 1, gram-negative bacilli, choice 2, gram-negative diplococci, choice 3, gram-positive bacilli, choice 4, gram-positive cocci in chains, or choice 5, gram-positive cocci in clusters. The best answer to this question is, choice 1, gram-negative bacilli. This patient who has fever and a draining ulcer after stepping on a nail in tennis shoes most likely has osteomyelitis caused by the gram-negative bacillus pseudomonas aeruginosa. Osteomyelitis is an infection of the bone and marrow that can be caused by a wide variety of organisms. The most common organism overall is Staphylococcus aureus, which is also associated with intravenous drug use. Other organisms that cause osteomyelitis all have classic associations. For example, Salmonella enteritidis is associated with sickle cell anemia patients. Pseudomonas aeruginosa is associated with puncture wounds. Pasteurella is associated with animal bites. Staphylococcus epidermidis is associated with prostheses. Tennis shoes provide a warm and moist environment that is often colonized with Pseudomonas species, and stepping on a nail can implant these organisms deep into the foot, leading to osteomyelitis. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 2. Gram-negative diplococci describe Neisseria gonorrhea, which is associated with sexually transmitted infections. It more commonly causes septic arthritis rather than osteomyelitis. Choice 3. Gram-positive bacilli describe Clostridium tetani, which is also associated with rusty nails. However, it would cause unregulated muscle contraction rather than a draining wound. Choice 4. Gram-positive cocci in chains describes Group B streptococcus. However, this organism usually causes osteomyelitis in infants younger than 3 months. Choice 5. Gram-positive cocci in clusters describes Staphylococcus aureus, which is the most common overall cause of osteomyelitis. However, the strong history of stepping on a nail on a tennis court strongly points towards Pseudomonas. Finally, a bullet summary. Pseudomonas aeruginosa osteomyelitis is associated with puncture wounds in tennis shoes. That's all for this review about microbiology of osteomyelitis and arthritis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast. (laughs) 